0: Off and, on holiday next week, so.
1: Oh, excellent. Where are you going?
0: Nowhere. <laughs> 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 Nowhere. Un- Aye. Unlike you, Dave, you get to go places <laughs> I don't.
1: Derek, you'll never, ever make me feel bad about Dave <laughs> that way. <laughs> no what, what you say.
0: Oh, I inhaled there and I kind of swallowed <laughs> a bit of spit the wrong
1: way. <laughs> Lovely. Lovely. Well, what do you know? I don't
0: know who, who who that is, mate. That was made of Mal Pacino. Oh
1: right. Really?
0: Well I could have said I told him, you know, that's my uh, that's my Tom Jones.
1: I thought it was our poo for the Sims. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Your mad racist. I <laughs> we're gonna start this again, but what the fuck was that guy all about? I completely forgot about him until you said there. What a cheeky fucker. I don't know again. <coughs> it's this um remixed premixed um martini espresso thing I'm drinking now.
1: Martini espresso.
0: It's espresso martini even. Alright. Oh, uh, I got it free, it's all the shite.
1: Alright, okay. I take your word for that. It. If it's not no Pepsi Max, I'm not interested.
0: I've got a Pepsi Max chaser here.
1: Oh that's fine. That's that's all right yeah. Put your way with that.
0: And then those three words you don't like to hear. Penalty to Rangers on the. Th-
1: we don't like. Uh, we here. don't like
0: to hear. <laughs> <laughs> no, I fucked that one up, Dave. <laughs> no,
1: no. <laughs> Stop drinking before a podcast. Oh, I know.
0: It just went straight to my head. <laughs> oh, pardon me. That's the Pepsi uh, Max
1: working. Uh, on. That's the Pepsi Max working <laughs> <movie> as well. <laughs> Stereo. And the stadium erupts in red, white,
0: and blue. You've never seen anything like it. Let's go. Manchester, uh, brace yourself. Rangers are coming! Hi everyone and welcome to the next episode of the iReady Podcast. As ever, I'm your host Derek and with me is my co-host Dave. How are you doing, Dave?
1: I'm very well, Derek. Looking forward to reviewing our matches and matches that are coming up. I'm feeling good about it, mate.
0: Yes, it's a feel-good factor just now. I don't know how many wins on the trot, but certainly unbeaten in the Beale reign. So long, may continue, and especially on Sunday.
1: Yeah, 100%, mate, 100%.
0: Yes, we'll get into that though. Two games to cover tonight. We've got the home win against Partick Thistle in the Scottish Cup round five and the 3 0 win away against Livingston. So without further ado, we'll go down the park and. Oh no, we'll go down on the pitch. Okay. And on to, <laughs> it's been a while, Dave. We'll go down the <laughs> tunnel and onto the pitch.
1: That's it. <laughs>
0: So the first game we've got to cover was Sunday the 12th of February. It was a bizarre game, a 3-2 win at home against Partick Thistle in the fifth round of the Scottish Cup. We had seven changes from the the last game, I think that was against Ross County, so certainly resting a lot of players were at home. No disrespect to Partick Thistle, but they're in the Championship, so it should have been a relative formality, but it didn't turn out to be that way. However... We've lined up McGregor, Tavernier, Sands, Davis, Barisic, Kamara, Raskin, Cantwell, Hadji, Tillman and Cholak On the subs bench we have McLaughlin, Goldson, Jack, Kent, Morales, Wright, Roof, King and Divine. So what a first team and then what a bench as well
1: Exactly Derek and great to see Hadji back starting as well which is absolutely fantastic
0: Yep, good to see the new players starting as well yep. And an interesting one though, Sands playing at the back
1: Yes, well, it's not interesting we've we've seen that one before Derek, come
0: <laughs> Yes, but the first half, it was an embarrassment first half, lacklustre no pace, lack of hunger several players just thinking they can turn up that said, all credit to Partick as they were buying up for it, they were chasing everything, closing down and they're, they're, they're defending well, absolutely yeah. no highlights from us with zero mm. shots on target, that's an absolute disgrace in the first yeah. half, everything good was good. everything was breaking down in the final third as per usual and all the points I'm going to talk about are for Partick Thistle. We were quite lucky on the first minute because Tillman somehow done his Brock Lesnar impression and wrestled a Partick player to the ground in an off the ball instant on the edge of the box. VAR was checked I believe, I don't think anything was given and it was just outside the box in any case anyway. Yeah. It was a definite fill, though Dave.
1: Yep, definitely, Derek, I've got no idea who Brock Lesnar is or who he plays for But it was definitely, I he got away with that one
0: Dave, I'll let the kids laugh at you for that one Who Brock Lesnar plays for No
1: idea, no he's, idea. he's a
0: wrestler, Dave, he's a wrestler, I'll give
1: oh, you that one. Derek, way, way, way over my head
0: Okay and then nothing really happened for the for pretty much half an hour. And then on the 31st minute, there was a free kick from Partick just outside their box on the right, bent low round the wall and forcing McGregor into a good diving save out for the corner. From that corner, it wasn't cleared properly, ending another huge save for McGregor after a shot on the left just inside the box. And then those three words you don't like to hear on the 34th minute, penalty to Partick. It was a lengthy VAR check basically the cross came in from part of that previous play there a header by the Partick player hits off Joel's arm at close range it was outstretched the ref went to the screen and gave the penalty for me it was never a penalty it did hit his arm yes but it was at so close range and his arm was already out anyway from the, the jump up it wasn't as if it was a deliberate motion to move his hand so two factors there makes it for me not a penalty but in these handball rules Who the hell knows these days, Dave?
1: The VAR seemed to take so long as well. And I think, you know, when we saw it instantly, we thought, no, there's no way that that it could have moved, as you say, far too close. As soon as I saw him going to have a look at the screen, I just had that feeling that he was going to award it. And that's exactly what happened. Yes.
0: And on the 35th minute, Partick made it 1-0. The ball was played into the right hand side Sending the keeper out the wrong way So really disappointing And, and poor that from the team and, and going behind Shouldn't have never happened
1: Exactly Derek But uh, but as you say up, up to that point We had really offered nothing So we can't counter that with anything We certainly didn't deserve to be getting beat But I don't think we were deserving To be winning at that stage either No So
0: yeah. into the second half An absolutely bizarre second half Dave Wasn't oh. it?
1: Completely, direct. I've not seen anything like this coming up. I know we've got a lot to talk about, but as you say, you know, absolutely bizarre is the only thing that we can call it, isn't it?
0: Yeah. At half time, though, Hadji and Cantwell came off, Roof and Kent came on. I think Hadji had maybe picked up a wee knock, if my memory serves me right there. 49th minute, a lovely through ball from Kent to Roof, who has a shot just inside the box and over the bar. So the, news started, so the, the two players that came on at half time instantly clicking and linking up together. Yeah. Yep, looking good, Derek. Yep, and we did pull a goal back on the 50th minute with Cholak scoring. Tav on the right-hand side, passes to Raskin inside the box. His first touch was heavy, but managed to win the ball back on the right-hand side of the box. He spins a lovely cross to the back post, and Cholak, who has unmarked, a lovely header into the back of net. A goal made from Raskin for me.
1: Yeah, no, it definitely was, Derek. Vision composure and then the final ball over, I know, Pinpoint absolutely tremendous stuff and hopefully the sign of things to come Yep
0: 52nd minute, quick break, ending in the ball being fed to Cholak who has a first time shot saved by the keeper and out for the corner and then those three words you love to hear on the 63rd minute penalty to Rangers Tillman taken out just inside the box and it continues in the box the ref points straight to the spot Var was checked again and the penalty was given, they didn't even have to look at the screen I don't think there as well, Dave Contentious decision because people were saying Well there wasn't a foul, it was outside the box But yes, it happened outside the box He was actually tackled outside the box Filled, he fell into the box And he was still getting his shot pulled As he yeah. was getting, going into the box So for me, that was a penalty every day of the week
1: Yeah, well as, as you say, it was still going on Whilst he was inside the box Derek So it's got, it's got to be surely
0: Well you would like to think anyway But certain, certain fans don't think that
1: yeah, I wonder who
0: Yes, but anyway, upsteps steps Tavernier on the 65th minute, hits it down the middle. The keeper doesn't move, and he saves it and goes out for the corner. You could say it was a bit pish poor from Tavernier, but certainly he's been putting them down the middle before. I just think it was a good keeping for a change.
1: Maybe done his homework, Derek. Who knows? But as you say, we were all disappointed that we weren't uh, so Sorry, going in the lead at that point. Yep.
0: So certainly it's been more of us in the second half, which is what we wanted to see, and it was certainly better than the first half, which wouldn't be hard. However, on the 70th minute, this is where the controversy Uh, starts, because Tillman sliding in for a challenge on the player, looks as if he got his foot stood on, which is deliberate. The game played on, and we ended up kicking the ball out about 30 seconds later, deep into the Partick Thistle half.
1: Yeah, Tillman was down at that point because of that bad challenge, Derek, so you know, as any other team would do, if they saw a player injured, they would they would play the ball out just as we did.
0: Yes. So Tillman was getting treatment. It looked as if the referee was in communication with the the other referees and or VAR. So I don't know if there was a VAR check or not. And then, all of a sudden, we scored from absolutely out of nowhere because I think we I was still typing up what had just happened because I was so yep. outraged the fact that Tillman got his foot stood on. Yep. But we scored, and Tillman it was who made it two one. It was a throw into Partick. Their player received the ball, had a heavy touch, looked as if he was going to punt it back. There were certainly gestures up to to punt it up. Tillman, who, bear in mind, as you said, was down getting treatment, was completely unaware of the situation, went in, stole the ball, rounded the keeper, rounded the player, and put the ball in the back of the net. And then there was a big stromash after that because obviously they were claiming that they were going to be giving the ball back. Now, Tillman was completely innocent of this because he clearly was down getting treatment never knew what was happening who put the ball out of touch however the big issue is the Partick player it was a shocking touch from how how long did he need I think he had about three touches and a good 10 seconds to get rid of the ball Tillman made up about 20 yards on him and he still was had the ball I've no idea how they were set up maybe they were going to kick the ball back But Tillman was not to know this and he went up and scored. Now, in the Stramash, the keeper actually chucked Tillman to the ground. Their captain was standing over Tillman in an aggressive manner and their keeper also pushed one of our players as well. uh, well. And I think in the end of it, it was one of our players to get the yellow card from it. What then transpired is there was conflag because of the issue, and Beal and Tavernier agreed, Patrick Thistle, from kickoff to run up the park and score unchallenged. Well, I say unchallenged because Alan McGregor done a wee bit of a playful, I'm going to take the ball off you. But it was just a bizarre set of circumstances. It all started from the fact that the referee should have sent off the player, for the the Partick Thistle player, in the first place because it was a deliberate stand on his leg. You could see from the direction of where he was going, he he completely deviated his path of his jump to go into the path of Tillman to stand on his leg. Just a crazy set of circumstances. Their keeper should have been sent, sent off as well. I certainly should have been given a card for raising his hands, not once but twice. Dave... It was just ludicrous, wasn't it?
1: There's no much more I can add to that, Derek. It was it was a complete shambles from the, the referee more than anything else. The fact that, you know, that tackle was an absolute shocker for but absolutely nothing getting given out straight away. Tillman wasn't facing the play because he'd just been absolutely clobbered and was getting treatment or, you know, he was out of the game. But then for Partick to throw the ball back to their defender took a touch, made a backside yet. it, took another touch, didn't really get the ball under control then either. For Tillman to look up and see a defender taking two touches of a ball, no doing anything with it, what else are you going to do but run through and score? So he kept his head, he scored the goal and then Absolutely disgraceful What the Partick Thistle players done After that And as you say For not one of them even get cautioned For shoving Tillman completely to the ground Which is a sender off offence. Absolutely nothing But it was Partick Thistle's fault For making a complete backside Of that whole throwing Giving the ball back Because you basically just throw the ball And it gets punted up to the goalkeeper You don't have to take that many touches And that's that Tillman completely unaware and scores, you know, a a complete shambles, Derek Faith, start to finish for the referee. And, you know, the question that I've got for you do you know know what? See if McGregor had a safe tap when he ran through. I think that would have been absolutely hilarious, I and mean, would have had a lot more respect from a lot of the fans if you know that had have happened, but didn't. A, a lot of us were annoyed about that because a we all know Derek. How many teams would actually do that for us? Let's let's be perfectly honest. You know, if it if was something like that, the very, very few would, would do something like that. So I'm still annoyed about the whole thing, Derek. I know all the pundits of the day, you know, the, the Rangers haters out there, or a bit of class for Beal and stuff like that, but I don't know any other team that would do that either if that went against us, would allow us just to, to run up and score like that either. So still annoyed about it, Derek. It could have been completely avoided by the referee if he had done his job in the very first place with that stamp on Tillman.
0: Yeah, I mean I can understand why it was done now After Beals obviously gave his explanation He says it was the right thing to do He's protected Tillman in that as well Because he would have got branded a cheat As what they've tried to tried to brand him But it's certainly not stuck anyway I've never seen it at Ibrox before Obviously there was the issue down uh, in Arsenal a couple of seasons ago Where they never gave the ball back And the FA forced them into a, into a replay Because they never gave a goal back at all It was a classy thing to do It was a dangerous thing to do as well Because because that made it two each. Would we have done it if it was that was our goal to draw at level? I'm not too sure. Would we have done it if it was Celtic? Um, again, I'm not too sure. Uh, I don't know if Celtic will try and test that at the weekend, of course. But it's uh, it was a bizarre set of circumstances. It was a touch of class from Beal at the end of the day. He's getting held in high regard from it. Celtic fans tried to on it by saying, oh you wouldn't have done it if it was us, you know, etc etc, well it was quickly found out that only a couple of years ago we put the ball out for, uh, it was one of our players who went down with cramp, we kicked the ball out, Celtic got the throw in they were trailing 1-0 in injury time they never gave the ball back and they got a corner out of it as well I believe so, you know, if Celtic fans want to get on their high horse about class or anything like that, Lint, our favourite character of, of lately in, in the social media land, he put out a Video of Rangers doing it in nineteen ninety-two or something like that with some bizarre thing, and it actually transpired that we got the throw-in because Celtic uh, kicked the ball out to get an an injured player some treatment, and it was actually the Celtic team that pressed us and we never allowed us two seconds to pass the ball back twice. So that was the daft thing about that.
1: If it's the if it's the green and white mob that are on about this, they've got very, very short memories because it was quite clearly pointed out, and I can remember it myself, when they played Wraith Rovers in the League Cup 1995, you know, the year after that Wraith Rovers had actually beaten Celtic, there was an incident where a Celtic player was actually down, injured, and the Wraith keeper kicked the ball out of place, so the Celtic player could get treatment. And Rudy Vata, who was the Celtic fullback, actually got the ball and instead of throwing it back or whatever, actually threw it right into the penalty area where Van Hoydog scored. And Celtic went on and beat Wraith Rovers 2-1 in the Cup as well. So they've got very, very short memories, but none of these things seem to get remembered when it was us. And that was a, de- a deliberate from, you know, what sh- should have been. So it's uh, it's quite incredible, the short memories that, that that they have, you know, for things like that.
0: I mean, it draws into question now the, the whole giving the ball back thing. Rangers, by the way, Tillman done absolutely nothing wrong and the lo- letter of the law. Tillman done nothing wrong there. And Rangers done nothing wrong by that point as well. But it's an unwritten rule that if you kick the ball out for treatment for your player, you'll get the ball back. But generally, you're you're getting the ball back, punted way back in your half. Now, we were deep into the Partick Thistle half there, we knocked the ball out. Why don't they make it, either you take out that rule altogether or you make it another unwritten rule that if you've got possession and you you kick the ball out for a throw-in, they take the throw-in, but they kick the ball back out into into the throw-in position at the exact same point. So it means you've got possession, basically where you left possession. It still gives the advantage to the, the team that's just lost the throw-in because you're able to set up defensively rather than just out of 3 and play. So I think that's the, the, the better way of doing it, but nothing will change, Well. But anyway, back into the game, 74th minute, that made it two each. There was 76th minute, it was a corner run for the left, header and saved off the line and out for the corner. Can't remember who that was there. 76th minute, a var check after Sands was hauled back in the box. No penalty, should have been for me. Yep. 83rd minute, Morellis on and Cholak off. And then on the 86th minute, fortunately he managed to make it 3-2, which we all thought was initially Sands with a bullet header, but it turned out it was an OG and off the shoulder of the Partick player from a corner. So we will take them any which way they come. And on the 89th minute, Raskin off and Jack on. So quite fortunate it was by hook or by crook. It was a typical cup game. We made it a lot more difficult than we should have. The whole second half really shouldn't have happened if we just turned up in the first half, Dave.
1: No, c- c- completely, Derek. It was it was a lack luster performance. It took a couple of hours, uh, regular players to come on at half time and give us a sort of a wee kick, kick up the backside to to up, up the tempo. It still wasn't a great performance in the second half, but we we, we did enough to, to win. Bizarre circumstances, to be fair to part, they raised their game big time, players. But you know the the, the main thing is that we are through. But a hell of a lot of talking points, Derek.
0: Yes, absolutely. Now, obviously, Ian McCall was asked about what happened with giving the goal back uh, to, to them, and his comments were sometimes a touch of class has gone out a game of football. And less than half an hour after that press conference he was duly sacked by Partick yep. Thistle. Absolutely yep. disgraceful it was clear, clear that it was premeditated that he was going to get the sack regardless of the result that night uh, it was a disgraceful way to treat a manager you know he could have at least given him the night and sacked him in the morning some Partick Thistle fans were in agreement with that but some Partick Thistle fans well the league's been absolutely shite for us this season so you know he's got tr- play training tomorrow so well let's, let's do it. Uh, it was a Disgraceful way to treat a manager, especially after what had happened there. He had played bloody well against us.
1: Yeah, I know. Uh, as you say, Derek, I think it was in the, the, the they were doing it regardless of what the what the score was. So, I uh, it's not it's not the best to see to, to see things. Like that. I, I I realise there's Partick fans out there have been calling for, for him to go, but for it to be done in that way in that manner is a bit uh, below the belt, wasn't it? Yeah.
0: But anyway, through to the next round and we'll get into that and when we've got the matches to come but Dave, the next game we've got to cover Saturday the 18th of February a fairly routine 3-0 win away against Livingston in the Premiership
1: Yeah, it certainly was, Derek and again, potentially, I, I said it when I done my post-match potentially, tricky fixture away to Livingston on the, the plastic pitch the good thing though As it's like a mini home tie for us, isn't it? Because we get sort of three of the stands, and uh, you know it's packed full uh, Ranger supporters. So uh, you know we were uh, hoping for a victory. Still not a convincing, convincing. Derek, I'll get into that. But so Michael Beale's starting eleven for this game was McGregor, Tavernier, Goldson, Davies, Barisic, Kamara, Raskin, Cantwell, Fashion Junior. Brian Kent, Alfredo Morelos, and on the bench, McLaughlin, Cholak, Sands, Wright, Ruth, King, Divine, Lovelace, and Rice. So Rangers starting off, trying to spread the ball ball about. We knew that Livingston was going to make it very difficult, but the first uh, half chance for Rangers came on the sixth minute with a long-range shot by James Tavenier, which was just over the bar. And as we know, Tav played a huge part in this match for us. Ten minutes later, though, we thought that we had taken the lead when Fashion Sakala fired the ball into the back of the net from a tremendous low cross from Alfredo Morelos. But Derek, I think you would clearly, we could see that Sakala was offside at that point. Once we look back, could you have any issues with that one?
0: No, I mean it was certainly offside, probably a good foot offside. It's something that, uh, yes. Both the way we're setting up now is we are going to be playing on the edge of offside and try to get the jump on players. But when you're, we said it in the last pod, when you can clearly look along the line like he was doing, there's no excuse for being offside.
1: Yeah, I know it was, uh, and clearly we we know we we're near, near him either. So something that they they really have to sort of work on, I think there and uh so about 10 minutes later, another long-range shot, low across the the deck from James Tavernier, It was a good save and gathered by the goalkeeper. But then only three minutes later, the three words that we all love to hear, a penalty to Rangers. Morello's getting his shot pulled. Derek, it did go to a VAR check. The referee could quite clearly see that it was a penalty. Do you agree with that one?
0: For me, absolutely, it was a penalty. It's amazing that, that the referee never picked it up initially. It was absolute pure stupidity from the from the defender because I don't think Morelos was going to get to the ball anyway. But you clearly prevented them from even attempting to get get it there. And there was a, a lot of commentary about the fact that oh well, the shot pool, you know, are you going to have to give you know penalties for shot pools all the time? Well, yes. Because if they clearly stop you trying to go for the ball, then yes, it's a penalty. Yeah, there's yep. no attempt to go for the ball whatsoever there. So I think he was quite lucky not to see, you know, a red card for that as well technically, because there was no attempt to go for the ball. So, yeah, I think this is the thing that Celtic fans get into their head is the fact that they see, oh well, we never got that, so but Rangers are getting that. That's a conspiracy. Well, no, it doesn't mean that just because you've never got it, we've not to get it. It's, fortunately, in this case, the referee and VAR have done their job. Well, the VAR's done done its job.
1: And, well, Derek, and just, you know, a minute after that, 24th minute, James Tavenier Julie converts from the spot to put Rangers 1-0 up. But then, only two minutes later, Livingston really should have pulled level and I don't know if it was lack of concentration at the back for Rangers or you whatever, but it was a, a long throw from Livingston and it was just a basic ball Flicked backwards off the back of the the, the Livy attacker's head, uh, right to the back post, and you know, a Livingston player steaming in and completely misses an open goal there. Derek really got away with that one, really un- unlucky for, for Livingston, but a big warning sign for us that we really need to do better with with things like that. Just we relapses and concentration are still there, aren't
0: they? Yeah, well, they are. I mean, Yeah, it kind of came from nothing, didn't
1: it? Yeah, exactly. So the game fizzled out a a, a wee bit for there. And then on the 42nd minutes, I had another VAR check and Ryan Kent was impeded in the box. And it looked like a clear foul to me as soon as I saw it. I thought this was going to be a stonewall penalty. The referee had checked. Uh, It was given as no, because I believe that actually Kent had been offside just before it happened, and that was the reason that it was there. So a bit of a strange one there. The the game had then uh, six added additional minutes at the end of the first half, and we had a couple of chances in then. Great play, uh, second minute of injury time between Cantwell and Kamara into the box. A fantastic cross by Kamara, Cleared at the last minute, that looked as if it was going to sneak in there. And then four minutes, the last minute of on a free kick into the box, Alfredo Morelos with a header just over the bar. And then the halftime whistle was blown, Derek. I would say we were completely dominant, not making too many chances. But apart from that one scare for Livingston, I thought we were well deserving of our lead.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Not busting a, g- a pace, but we're definitely being positive. We're shooting from outside the box, knocking the ball about well. Just that final third once again needed a wee bit more oomph. And going back to the the, the Kent penalty incident. Now, Dave, I've sent you a, a still image. That's the only yeah. still image we've sure. seen of it. Oh, or it was rather it's the only angle we've seen where you see the offside. Now. This is one of the problems with the linesman not flagging it as soon as it's offside and he's having to wait for the player to receive the ball or actually make a touch with the ball. We, nobody knew what it was about unless you were in the stadium or unless you had a view of the referee at that point. wasn't helped with the commentators, Tom Miller and Gordon Smith. I mean, yeah. they were they, they were a pretty much a joke. It's, it, as much as I love Tom Miller and he's just a fountain of knowledge as well, it's, he's just not keeping up to pace with the, the games these days and we're just getting lots of snippets about random stuff while the game's playing on. And he's, he's not even looking at the game half the time, I don't think. But... You know the referee did flag for for it being offside. There, as you said, there was a VAR check. Now, the one angle that was shown in Sports Scene, if you actually pause it just at the point when the ball's kicked to Kent or, or kicked forwards, to me it looks in line. See if it's offside, it's by millimeters. Yeah, yeah, millimeters. So I'm not 100% convinced it was actually offside. It certainly wasn't clear cut like other fans were making it out to be.
1: Exactly like you said, Derek. They, it wasn't made clear to us by the commentary team either, who didn't seem to know what was going on. Either you sent you sent me, it and I've I've had a good look. And as you say, if it was offside, it was you know just and and no more. You know the the referee called it at the time, but. That was a difficult one, but anyway, into the second half, 49th minute, Cantwell with a fantastic through ball to fashion Sakala on the right-hand side of the box, he shoots saved by the keeper and cleared, really unlucky there for Sakala, and then another chance for Livingston across from the byline, falls for the the Levy player at the back post, not quite as clear-cut as the chance they had in the first half, but... Thankfully, hit his shots at a high and wide, but certainly if they would got his shot on target, that could have caused major problems. So, you know, still only 1-0 at that point, Derek still living dangerously, not being able to kill the game at that stage. But a minute later, we really should have killed the game because Ryan Kent was sent through 1-1 one one with the keeper, absolutely no one near him. What he did was what I actually like to see players in that position do, and that's just make their mind up and go for the shot. He tried to slide the ball underneath the keeper who ran out, but the keeper managed to get a great save and put the ball out. So still only 1-0 to Rangers, Derek, at that stage.
0: Yeah, disappointing he couldn't bury it.
1: Yeah, yep. Yeah. Sub on the 68th minute, fashion off and uh, Kamar Roof on. And on the 69th minute, K Roof was just on and he was played through to the edge of the box by Todd Cantwell. Fantastic ball, but he shoots low but just past the post. Really unlucky there. But then there's a turning point on the 77th minute and it's when Livingston went down to 10 men and it was Omiyonga with his second yellow card after he clipped Kamar Roof on the edge of the box it was a clear yellow card Derek he had already been booked so absolutely no complaints there for him getting sent off was there
0: Oh, from some fans are were, not they? But, you know, it's, it's par for the course now. Any decision that goes for us, it's just, it's tiresome, Dave. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, in credit to the player, he did try and pull out of the tackle, but he still connected. It was a foul for me. he taken him out at the edge of the box. So
1: Yep, and then the absolute standout moment of the game came from the result of that free kick, because in the 78th minute, The captain, James Tavernier, steps up and hits an absolute world-class free kick right into the postage stamp. Derek, top left corner, absolutely sensational. He's done it against Livingston before. This one was absolute top drawer, wasn't it?
0: Outstanding. I mean, that's that's the class that Tavernier can give us from a dead ball situation. Just sadly, he doesn't do it often enough like that.
1: Yeah, no, I thought I thought that Tav had a good game. He was certainly one of our top performers there, Derek, which is good stead for us going into the rest of the season. I think he's starting to find his form and, you know scoring that goal as well, absolutely fantastic, so a minute after that Alfredo Morelos was off and Cholak was put on and then in the 84th minute, Rangers got the third goal which really killed the game off there and it was Kamar Roof who managed to, to get a goal, so great, great for him to score there was a cross in from the, the left hand side, a bit of a goal mouth scramble, it was Barisic that put the ball in, the ball seemed to bo- bobble about and there was Kamar Roof just at the back post to latch Onto the loose ball and fire it into the back of the net. Derek would say that you know my feelings on Kamar Roof. There is absolutely no doubting his goal-scoring talents. He just doesn't seem to be fit at all. It just it's very frustrating. He is not an out-and-out striker. He's you know a great guy to have as a link-up play to a main striker and. If he was totally fit and he'd been playing constantly for the last season, two seasons, who knows where we would have been. We might have had a European trophy in our cabinet if, if he'd have been fit. It's just the inconsistency with, with injuries with him, isn't it?
0: I think, oh, this is a big, bold statement, but I think he would have had a better goal record than Morelos had he been yeah.
1: fit. I but, think but, he's, an out,
0: but, he's an outstanding striker.
1: Yep, he is, he, he's an outstanding striker that I wouldn't play in that central position, if you know what I mean, I think he's better playing off a main striker, he's he's, he's certainly a threat, but anyway, getting back into the game, Derek, 88th minute, three late subs for Rangers, nothing much after that, Wright, Sands and 16-year-old Rice coming on to make his full first-team debut for Rangers with Kamara, Raskin and Kent going off, four minutes of added time played at the end, and Rangers going out 3-0 victors, you know, at a potentially tricky ground. Absolutely delighted with the result, Derek. Without a shadow of a doubt, the free kick being the world-class point of the game. Still a few scares, or still patches in the game where we weren't really doing anything, but at the end of the day, we, we, we controlled the game and we got the goals and the three points at the end of the day, and that's really all we can ask for, isn't it?
0: Absolutely. However, we did pick up another injury, it seems, because Roof's going to be out potentially for the weekend as well. Yeah. So, you know, that's going back to him being injured. But yeah, delighted with the three points. Not a vintage performance. It was could have been a wee bit more comfortable sooner than it was. But, you know, oh, that's been the story of our season this yeah. season. So,
1: yeah.
0: one thing, though, I think we need to address, Dave, though, is the banners. At the start of the game, there were red, white, and blue flags brought in absolutely brilliant there was a big banner as well which was was great at the start of the game as you said Dave it's more like a home game for us this this fixture because they give us the three stands and then at the start of kick-off, now I missed it, but I've seen it back on Twitter, there was a banner saying two trophies in 11 years uphold the standards that matters. Now, it's no coincidence that Beal was in the media talking about standards on the back of the, the the goal we gave Partick, and obviously it may have cost us the game if the, the game never transpired the way it did. Now, there's four points on that banner. Who was it aimed at? Because it's ambiguous at best. It appears to me that it was aimed at Beal, but it may have been at the board. The second point here is the timing. Why say it? We've got another one must-win game against Livingston. We're in a cup final the following week. It it helps absolutely nobody. We've had a rebuild from scratch, not once but twice, since being back in the Premiership. And this is only the fourth time we've been able to genuinely compete. And the fourth point is, if it was that easy to win trophies, we would have won every trophy every single year. Yes, arguably, we should have had a cup or two more since being back. But poor performances in one-off cup games happen. That's why it's not us v them in the final every single year. And then to top it off, they had a banner about Sturgeon in the second half as it kicked off. You know, the the banner was correct in what it said, but what the fuck has that got to do with football and Rangers? Absolutely fuck all. Now, the Union Bears can do some great things sometimes. The start of the game with the red, white and blue flags, all their TIFOs and all that. But sometimes I think they get too far wrapped up in their own self-importance with nonsense like this. I mean, if they really want to go down the route of standards that they're talking about, who was it who got the stadium partially shut down for a couple of European games? I mean, it's, it's petulance like that that is the reason why safe standing hasn't been put further ahead in the priorities list for Rangers. It's the reason why they keep putting it off and putting it off. So, if they want to talk about standards, maybe look at that and stop with the stupid, self-important banners.
1: Derek, we've, we've spoken about the Union Bears loads of times. I'm a huge fan of what the Union Bears do, the, the atmosphere that they bring, the... They know that the whole experience is certainly what it has required. Some of the the TIFO that they've done has been absolutely world-class. I'm I'm a huge fan of them. It's like you say, a lot of the banners that come out non-football-related, non-Rangers-related. I can only go, I mean, I can't speak about the the, the motives and things like that that they've done. The only thing that I can look at is, is this going to damage our club? Is it going to bring any sanctions? Is it going to bring any fines? It's exactly the same way any other fan out there that's going to cause unnecessary attention to the club that's going to bring either negative press or it's going to give some sort of punishment. I'm not for that at all. And again, the banners that, that come out, I'm not a, a, a politics guy, Derek. I really am not. It bores the living hell out of me. I realise there's been a lot of issues with a lot of people from a certain political party when it comes to our, our club. But when things like that could potentially harm the club, I'm completely against it. I think there's a time and a place for that, but certainly not in the stands of a Rangers game. So, as you say, as far as the other Banner that was put up again. I don't know who it was aimed at. If it was aimed, you know, at the players, if it was aimed at Beal, if it was aimed at the board, if it's aimed at the board, then fair enough. Because there was times last season when Gio was there that I don't think he was backed at all. So you know, if that's who it's aimed at, fair enough. But like you said, if it's aimed at Beal or aimed at the players, when we've still got a lot to play for this season, I don't know if that is a you know, it's going to be a. you know, a, a negative impact on the players when they were to see things like that. So it is what it is, Derek. There's always going to be co- controversy with the union bears, and and like I said, Derek, I'm not one to go out and call them for absolutely everything because I do see the good that they do. But there is a lot of times I look at the stuff that is unfurled there, and I think you know, there's a time and a place, in there that shouldn't be. So that's that's my f- feelings on it. To be, you know, just to put it out there.
0: Yeah. In fairness, I will 100% agree with a political banner against the SNP if they manage to elect a guy who thought a video made by a guy called Willie Wanker was was true. So if they elect him the leader, I will, I will fucking write and the banner that, myself.
1: And not forgetting his uh, pose with Celtic hoodie on as well, Derek. But uh, we'll leave that. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a dark day. Like I said, I'm not into politics, Derek. But if that man is to get elected, then. The old phrases, we're all doomed.
0: Certainly are, yes, but we'll leave that for another day. <laughs> But anyway, so that leaves us in the league. We've played twenty six, 20, drawn four, lost two, scored sixty one, conceded twenty three, goal difference plus thirty eight points, sixty four. We're nine behind Celtic with twenty five worse goal difference, twenty two ahead of Hearts. Now, see if you actually look at that when you uh, when you think about it. We've only drawn four games and lost two games. So in any league, that's I mean, there's still what twelve to play we could end up with 100 points. So, Um, in any league, that would actually, you're generally talking about 90 points being at a good league. We've had some shocking results this season, absolutely, but at the same time, you can't legislate for Celtic having a good season, much like our 55 season.
1: Exactly, Derek. I mean, I don't, like to give them praise, and I never will. But as you say, it's unprecedented when we can go through and on the forum that, that we have. But they have, you know, exactly the same, you know, as us. They're on an incredible unbeaten run. Also, we certainly had our chance in that last old forum game. at Ibrox to win. It didn't happen. That's that's their own fault for, you know, letting them score at the end. But you know, taking that that away, Michael Beals came in. He's transformed the the, the team. We can see the slow progress that he's making with the team and we're still being able to go out and and win all these games so it's it's looking great Derek it's just the the, the only dull point is that we're still second in the league
0: yeah absolutely but anyway the games to come obviously the game on Sunday that is the 26th of February is at Hamden against Celtic in the League Cup final that's a three o'clock kickoff. so one of us have got to win either way I'm feeling confident about it uh, I think based on the last result, last uh, performance as well, we had probably about 60 minutes out of the 90, we were the much better team, and even then, the, the 30 minutes they had, I would have said, were not anything to write home about, so we'll just need to see what team turns up.
1: Exactly Derek, and that's all it comes down to, what team turns up on the day, I just hope that, that Michael Beal, he seemed to have done his homework in that last game, knew exactly how Celtic were going to play, we knew how to nullify them for huge parts of the game and, you know, us being the dominant team. So I just hope it continues like that. I think a lot of it will come down to what players are injured and who's fit. We've already got a few few more players out. Our injury list is still absolutely horrific, Derek, even although we've managed to bring players in. It's still, when you see the amount of players who are still out injured, it's quite incredible. So, again, that's another plus point the fact that we've still been able to win all of these games under Michael bill with so many players out injured but as you say it just comes down to who turns up on the day and we've just got to hope that it's us, I certainly know that the other half of the City are supremely confident which I think is good for us because eh, we will be the, the underdogs there but no, we're just have to go out and and win it Derek. end, end off. that's it yeah
0: dave it's not the other half of the city it's as fashion sakala said yep. it's that other mob
1: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely class that's been all over so- social media this evening absolutely brilliant that will wind them all up just t- tremendous and again I don't think the guy's been malicious. I think, you know, it obviously just hears that many people call him that that it's been a slip of the tongue, but, you know, absolutely brilliant for that to come out in a, in a press conference as well. Super. Excellent next game after
0: that Saturday the 4th of March at home against Kilmarnock that's in the Premiership a 3 o'clock kick-off Wednesday the 8th of March away against Hibbs in the Premiership that's a 1945 kick-off a game I'll miss is on Sunday the 12th of March that's at home against Rafe Rovers in the Scottish Cup quarter-final that's a 1pm kick-off so I might get to see the second half I'm not too sure it's my daughter's birthday party that day and on the final game in March Saturday the 18th of March away against Motherwell that's in the Premiership as but it's a 12.30 kick-off so lots of important games as you, as usual
1: Certainly and you said it a wee while ago there Derek, so many games still to play and so many points still to play who knows what could happen Derek, who knows
0: Yes, a win on the weekend might influence the collapse of Celtic's arse this year in the league
1: All we can hope for Derek
0: Yes, so we'll move on now into the news So, lots of bits and pieces to cover as always, and we'll start right at the top. Rangers had the gala dinner for the official opening of the new Edmiston House, and uh, they tied in the three new inductees into the Hall of Fame. Bizarrely, they're all still playing for us just now as well. Nobody can argue with McGregor and Davis getting it. Both have been absolutely tremendous servants for us. The record speaks for itself, and I can understand why they were inducted just now, as they're likely to leave at the end of the season once their deals expire. Obviously, the last one was Tavernier. Now, I absolutely disagree with the timing of it. He's still playing for us. He's multiple years left on his contract. But his addition was met with comments such as, it's the darkest night in the history of our club. Just fuck off.
1: Stupid, guy. Stupid things. As you say, Derek, just a strange one, I feel. As as you know, Derek, I'm a huge fan of the, the NFL in America and they have their, their Hall of Fame, but it is always guys who retire, you know, and if they've been an outstanding player, you know, they've got a chance to, to go in the Hall of Fame, which is a huge honour there. Certainly for us, I would be expecting it to be players who, you know, had retired or just retired. And as you quite rightly said, it probably will be Dave Davis and McGregor's last year for Rangers. So, you know, it's good to, to to get them in. Tav will definitely have gotten, regardless. I think just going by where he came from and bringing us up and winning the league and getting to the, the final of the uh, European Cup as being the captain and scoring all these goals, but just a bit bizarre the timing of it, considering that you know he could still be playing in another sort of five years and potentially could be away from Rangers and play, playing against us. Who knows? Anything can happen. <laughs> Football, you know, so a bit of a strange one. I don't grudge the guy at all, he's been outstanding since we've brought him in. That's you know, it's a story and a half that one, but just a bit strange in with the timings, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, both of us have been critics of his defending, I think, quite rightly so, and his captaincy as well. But how can you argue with, as you've mentioned here, his appearances? He'll have been with us for over 10 years by the time his contract finishes. He's eligible for a testimonial. Nobody has a testimonial these days, do they? Uh, his goals speak for themselves 95 goals, I think. 50 of them are penalties. You still need to score them. But that's 45 other goals he's scored from not penalties. Yeah. Uh, his assists, he's captained us to the hugely significant 55. Bear in mind, I hate when people say we stopped at 10 no we, we got 55 we, we yep. never stopped at 10 uh, the European Golden Boot winner as a right back he's the yep. first defender since Ronald Koeman he, he, to get that as well and plus as well no English player has ever won the European Golden Boot that's including uh, Kane Wayne Rooney the likes of that he captained us to a European final with a Bohira winning it he meets every single criteria that the Hall of Fame bar the international caps which is a joke in itself because he should have capped by now. You can disagree with him getting inducted if you want, that's your right to do, but some folk were getting so worked up about it that you really need to question you know, where your priorities lie if you're getting this worked up over a I Hall of Fame.
1: I don't see what other criteria that you could have, Derek, that he's not got as a Rangers player to be classed as one of the greats. But as I say, the only thing that I can't get my head around is the fact that he's still a young man and still playing and still at his prime, but he could be playing for, you know, many years to come. So that's that's the only part of the whole thing that I can't get around my head. But, you know, regardless, congratulations to him. He's, you know, been a fantastic captain and an absolutely in- incredible career. And I just hope he goes on to lift many more trophies because he certainly deserves it after what he and the club have been through in the last 10 years
0: Yes. Next thing here Man City have been hit with FA charges relating to finances which could result in multiple sanctions including expulsion from the league which let's be honest nothing's going to really happen properly is it? It's, it's the FA this time so they might have actually a wee bit more backbone than UEFA. Richard Keyes did ask on Twitter if it was as serious if not more so than the Rangers relegation so I put a cheeky comment uh, there about Celtic fans i will no doubt be telling them the facts which they had already started doing by the time I'd put that wee tweet on there met with the usual barrage of pish from Celtic fans about Deed Club, 11 years old, Sevco etc it's actually hilarious that 11 years later they still shout the same pish despite being proven wrong by every court every academic, every governing body they think that if they shout long and hard enough about something that if somebody will believe them But anyway, Man City, soulless club, hope they get the book thrown at them.
1: Well, Derek, I uh, know that you've been up to mischief because, you know, we both have access to our Twitter account. And when I go to my bed at night and I wake up in the morning to about 800 notifications, I know that you've been on either winding somebody up or pissing somebody off. And all I say to myself is... What has he done now? And to be honest with you, some of the replies that we got were quite laughable. So uh, thanks for that. In any anyway, Derek, because I had to go in and you know delete a lot of the storage on my phone and
0: stuff. <laughs> I mean, I like the reply. This boy sent me the day in relation to a tweet I put about them winning the the offside League Cup final a few years ago, and his reply was, "Wedge it you up, your Nat King, your fucking zombie." <laughs>
1: An intellectual
0: then, Derek Yes, so my retort was You seem very angry, sir Not good for your health Maybe chill out a bit And his reply was Your arse He <laughs> seems a wee bit preoccupied with my arse You know, a bit concerned And each to his own But not for I- me
1: Admit it, Derek. You've met him on a dark night, eh? <laughs> not a chance. <laughs> oh, dear, dear.
0: Next story here, a very short bit. Another £4 million in shares have been issued and bought for £1 million. So I don't know who's bought them, if it's been another loan converted to shares or anything like that, but um, certainly it's money into the club.
1: Yep, yeah, de- definitely. As you say, there's not been much said about what's actually the, the ins and outs of it, Derek, but any investment is uh, greatly appreciated. Yes,
0: on a similar note the next story here, Dave King has terminated the deal to allow Club 1872 to buy his shares Basically they haven't bought enough of his shares he was prepared initially to extend it but ultimately he said it would be futile because they've bought so few so far then extending it there's not going to be much point. The deal was always going to be too big for Club 1872 to pull off. They've done absolutely zero fan engagement with non-members to try and get us be- to become members and other than the initial nou- announcement we've heard bugger all about this and there's been no, you know, right come and help us buy our shares and it'll go towards the club I'll go towards, you know, fan ownership, etc. Absolutely nothing you've heard. Next to no, no engagement with members as well, from what I'm led to believe... Club 1872 now are an absolute joke of an organisation and it speaks volumes when apparently only seven members turned up for their AGM a a few weeks ago. They really now just exist just to exist. They've still got the shares, obviously, but these shares have obviously been diluted over the course because of Rangers issuing more uh, new tranches of shares as well. Now i'm not going to go over old ground about them but it didn't take a degree to work out what was always going to happen due to the pathetic governance of them the contempt they hold for non-members and the lack of engagement final ownership does not work it really just does not work you you can go from lower division football the likes of Stirling albion all the way through to, to ourselves it doesn't work especially to a club of our size Hearts have got an issue very shortly, yes they've got a great fan system going, they put a lot of money into it but it is nowhere near enough to sustain them, I've spoken to the now resigned chairman of, of Stirling Albion once before and he says that fan they're a fan owned club but the fans don't put anywhere near enough money in and that's just the nature of football and how much it costs now. It's always good to have that wee protection there so that things don't happen like they did in 2012. But the whole thing about 25% plus one and all that kind of crap, it was just a pipe dream, wasn't it?
1: Derek, it's a missed opportunity is what it is. And as you say, you know, better engagement with the fans, a bit more savvy in the way that it was run and it could have made a huge, huge difference, uh, difference to the club. I think it's really quite sad what has happened to them Because that could have been a lifeline I don't ever think we will be a, a fan-owned club But the vision that they had at the start They just had people in, in there that, that were going out for the good Of the club, trying to get the fans All united, but In fighting, I mean Derek We, we, we are going over old ground But it is just a real missed opportunity, I think And you know, appears to be dead in the water now
0: Yep Yes, so next story here in a similar tone again is, I'm not sure if it's new figures or if it's part of the accounts that were published, but our commercial revenue has rocketed 250% in four years. You know, Bizgrove gets a hard time sometimes, but you really can't argue with what he's done there. Commercial revenue was at £8 million at the end of 2018 to just under £29 million at the end of 2022. That's phenomenal. Now, bear in mind, that's without the Blue Sky Lounge being open, Edmiston House being open, and the soon-to-be sports bar. Factor in them, and we're going to be in a very, very healthy place finances-wise, I think.
1: It's just great to see, Derek, isn't it? We all know the potential that our fan base has for you know, raising money when it comes to commercial business and merchandise and using club facilities. So I actually see that now coming to fruition and that's just the start of it. As you said, now with everything else that's been added in, it looks very, very promising and You know, something that we could only dream about a few years ago. So absolutely fantastic.
0: Yes. Next year, again a similar tone and raising money is the council have given permission for to, to a property developer to build flats on the part of the Albion car park. It means rangers now have the go-ahead to sell part of that car park earmarked for it, so it'll raise money for us. So that was always in the plans, and I think they had put plans out, and it's a, it's a big curved building, and it, it suits the style. It's all red bricked and it's all got arches like the, the front of Ibrox. It actually for me it looks cracking. Yeah, it does mean we'll be losing part of the car park obviously but we have earmarked another 80 spaces on other ground I believe so that may be within the grounds of Ibrox towards the Broomland side or we're looking to maybe purchase other land as well so certainly good there we'll be able to raise money and that will, I think goes towards backfilling Edmonton house fees.
1: Fantastic
0: Yes next thing here is the super league has reared its head again spearheaded again by real Uv and barca 80 odd teams throughout europe will still be able to compete in domestic leagues but obviously the existing uefa competitions would be ditched something like a guaranteed 14 games is a proposed plan who knows what will happen certainly odds 80 odd teams is better than the closed shop of 20 it's still really, for me, not in the spirit of competition as what happens if you get a team like Leicester who's not in the 80 teams, they come through, they win the league again. They've earned that right to be in a European competition but it's not going to exist for them. So they're going to be denied that potential. Plus as well, for me, I find it hard to get behind anything conjured up by clubs who wanted to exclude everyone in the first place and they've also got their own money and corruption issues to worry about. Allegedly. 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 Well, I think it's beyond allegedly with Juve now, isn't it? So,
1: yeah, it, I had seen a few proposals that were put down for that circumstance that you said there about Leicester Derek. I think there may be, you know, a way for teams to get in if something like that was to happen. I think it's still a a, a long way to go. I'd like to think that if there's going to be 14 guaranteed games, that's a lot of money as well. You know, If you're looking at it through the financial point of view, it would definitely be the place to be. But whether it comes to fruition, I don't know. I think there's still a lot of major things that need to be ironed out there, isn't there?
0: Yeah. I mean it's it's one of these things that because UEFA have now are from next season are going to be closing the drop down from the third place into the 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 UEFA Cup and then the UEFA Cup third place into the the, the, the conference league, you look at the setup of how the leagues get their teams, it's gonna be bloody difficult to win a UEFA Cup now for, yeah. for Rangers or Celtic. So you know, then you're looking at the conference. So because of that close, it's still a closed shop. So what's the UEFA's thing? Are they going to then expand the Champions League even more, then expand the UEFA? It's, it's just going to cause chaos all over. I mean, it's no by, by no means perfect now, but they need to go to some sort of better model than, than what That's they've cool. got.
1: There's got to be counter-proposals by UEFA, surely, if that comes out and it looks as if the Super League is going to be the favourable one out of the two of them. So they've got to, to as you say, come out with a, a better model that's going to involve a lot more clubs and you know share, share of the wealth more than it is at the moment.
0: Yeah, but anyway, well, that'll be a, a long and winded one and no doubt legal challenges and all that kind of thing. And the last piece of news I've got here is Ian Durant has become the assistant coach at Kill Winning Rangers. So yeah. good to see him back in, in kind of assistant management role yeah. and good luck to him.
1: Good luck, yeah, definitely.
0: So, man who damaged private parts during romp needed rushed to hospital by helicopter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, on you go
0: a Romeo who damaged his private parts in a romp had to be airlifted to hospital by Chopper that's quite <laughs> ironic theory <laughs> the man, 23, was forced to seek medical help after a freak injury picked up during a steamy sex session left him in agony. He was advised to go to his local A&E at Caithness General in Wick, where medics feared he needed an emergency op. They scrambled a Coast Guard helicopter to get him to Rigmore Hospital in Inverness. But the next day it emerged that his issue, a twisted testicle, had sorted itself without having to go under the knife. Explaining his drama on social media, he told Pal, why would you go on social media? you and the missus do the deed too rough and it ends up you having to be flown to hospital not what we had in mind the most painful experience of my life one second we were having a great time and the next I'm in agony the red faced lover revealed he'd suffered excruciating condition called testicular torsion unable to cope with the pain he dialed 999 call handlers then directed him to 111 NHS helpline where he was assessed <laughs> over the phone and they advised him to, to rush to the nearest hospital so they, that, that says everything all <laughs> so he's dialed 999 who have told them it's not an emergency to phone NHS 24 who have then told them, yeah, you need a fucking chopper. That, that just fucking sums NHS up now, doesn't it? Once they got the all clear, the relief bloke said, once I knew I didn't need surgery, I found it hilarious. I was extremely lucky. Doctor said I would likely need surgery. They kept me in overnight, then a specialist said it untwisted excel- itself. He then joked he'd left his girlfriend a note saying, same time next week. <laughs>
1: I don't
0: know about that, Derek. in my eye thinking about that. I tell you, that's giving me a pain in other places yeah. as well. But <laughs> so, on that note, we will end the podcast. So, as ever, if you want to check us out, you can go to our usual places, uh, which is Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. So, Dave, massively important game. On at the weekend, we will hopefully be back next week with a uh, with a pod from iReady Towers. But we'll we'll get you to you back with you yeah, with a post match pod before that anyway. After the game, hopefully a very positive one.
1: Yes, here's hoping, Derek. Like we said, just hoping that we turn up, get a tactics spot on. Hopefully, get some players fit on the field. You know that we're really counting on. And so uh, just have to wait and see what happens, Derek, and cheer our team on. That's all we can do yes
0: so all that's left to say is thanks for listening and goodbye
1: take care folks bye bye and the the erupts in red white and blue you've never seen anything like it
0: let's go Manchester brace yourself